Wait, what? Wait, what? We're on? We're live? Oh, hey, you. Hey, Got you. me mid-stretch. <laughs> oh, man. What's up? <clears throat> Mr. Busy. Yeah, God, dude. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I know what my week's going to be about. <laughs> well, <I> sandwiches. <laughs> Uh, Serafina says hello, by the way. Hi, Serafina. I was told to tell you hi. Good. We need to, we need to cross show again. Somehow, oh, some way, at some point. Oddity Arcadia is not even in commission right now, man. Oh, wow. Aren't Ardia Arcadia? Things in the land of the weird are missing you. Trust me, I I uh, I was just lobbying her. Hey, <laughs> can we please record again? <laughs> She's like, no, never. I'm over it. Life life has been lifing, but we might uh, there might be a little light at the end of a tunnel yet. We'll see. But uh, yeah, we were just having a conversation about that. Told her I had to podcast, and she said to tell Courtney hi. So of course I'm going to do that. Well, everyone, go listen to some old episodes of Oddity Arcadia. Um, always an interesting listen. Uh, she um, she had our buddy Damien join her last like season and a half, and uh, so he, he often started cheating on me, <laughs> and I knew about it. And, you know, like, like an idiot, I stayed. Like an idiot. It's like, it's okay. <laughs> he can go off. It's okay. Oh, Have my gosh. You'll come home to me. I already know. Uh, you'll come home to me. <laughs> <laughs> I never left. Right? Never left. So. Sometimes I just need to spend time with other people, babe. I see. There it is. Hey, you didn't have an episode write-up this week. I didn't. I didn't. Um, is it because I did it? I wasn't trying to steal your thunder. No. I don't know. Okay. I don't okay. Know. Um, you know, I was trying to be really strategic about how I post um, because Facebook's algorithm is really weird. So whatever you post, if you post something on the same day, that second post never gets seen. And so every day that I wanted to post, there was something else that I needed to post. About. And so I didn't want to, I just didn't want to throw off and then it never be seen at all. Although it's like selective because I don't feel like I post about wait what get any traction, and then I'll post about you know a flower in the field and it's just a hundred and fifty likes. <laughs> like, okay, I guess whatever. So that was like the main reason, and then after it got so close to you know, time to record again, then it was just like, well, screw it. Yeah, I uh, I was like, I'm gonna surprise Cordy and do a little write up. <laughs> yeah, you, you did a great job. Thank you. It's fun, isn't it? It's easy. It's it's just like it was. It was I. It's just you know further explaining what was going on. I like I, I like the Valentine's Day allegations. Right. <laughs> but I did, you know, I do depend on your dry, crusty recaps. 
says your dry currency recaps help me to remember what actually See, there's purpose uh, behind everything. Yes, so uh, I can elaborate from your dry crust and turn it into, you know, usable ingredients and make a delicious cake. I don't like the phrasing your dry crust. Uh, I mean, your your basic ingredients. Okay, there we go. Then I turn it into a masterpiece. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> That works. Hold on. I think I think Bing sees me yelling at me. He's demanding to be let into the room. Oh, brother Binks. Come on, brother Binks. Oh, he's not even there. Nope. Okay. See, there you Come go. on, Binks. I'm in the black man. Come on, he's meowing at me. Come on. No, no, take your time. There's no rush. Give me card. I'm gonna close the door and let you come in. Thank you. Goodness. I don't know. I don't know why cats feel the need to like stare at you while they try to make a decision instead of just <laughs> like, are we going through the door or not, buddy? No, I have realized, you know, sometimes I just look at my cat and I look the size of his head and I'm just like, your little brain is so small. <laughs> no wonder. You're so not wise as an animal. You're just kind of basic. Just kind of just looking. a little, yes. Yeah. <laughs> just a little slow, a little special. A little slow, a little special. <laughs> my, my cat, my cat. We should be getting a government check. My cat <laughs> is the most special <laughs> I have ever seen run across in my entire life. <laughs> the way he fights with his tail, and I'm talking about angrily, like <laughs> angrily fights with his tail aggressively. Like he doesn't even he doesn't even holler at other animals the way he hollers at his tail. You've never posted any kind of pictures of your cat. I think you should send me one, and when I post this episode, I will post the felines of wait what, and I will post the kitties. So a long time ago, I actually posted, I did a whole video. I did a short documentary about my cat with a, with a voiceover and everything. Uh, oh. I, followed, I followed the cat into my backyard <laughs> and, told his, and told his story about Miracle of the Cat. It was quite funny. <laughs> okay. Is that on Facebook? Yes, it's on my Facebook how far back am I digging? It's kind of old. It's like maybe 16, 17. Oh, I'm not digging that far back. I'm good. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> not with your Facebook. <laughs> right? I can't even tell you. Just, well, just go to the pictures. I say maybe your media, but that would take a while. Yeah, I do post a lot. I tend to post some pictures because that's the attention getter. Like people don't. Courtney, stop moving your microphone. Around. I have to. I don't have anything <laughs> to hold this. And, and part of it's just you know me turning my head, and it, the microphone didn't move. I literally okay. was turning my head. Gotcha. Okay. So that's just you were. It's gonna happen. You were sounding like it sounded like, uh, yeah, my cat back in twenty. 20- 
Uh, well, <laughs> I was like, what is man doing? I was kind of uh, muttering too. No worries, no worries. So this is uh, a long time to go without, you know. Wait, what what what's going on in your world? What's your week? Oh on? my god. To understand my week, you must understand the sandwich. <laughs> Wednesday I work seven to five. And I complained about that Wednesday. I remember that was my week. I was complaining about these people who don't want to show up to work. Yes. Thursday, 7 to 5. Friday, 7 to 5. So that's 30 hours right there. Now, I told y'all Wednesday was bad. Language warning, language warning, language warning, language warning, language warning, language warning. Skip ahead about Two clicks. Click that little 10-second thing two times for all y'all little sensitive people that don't want to hear cursing. Friday could suck a dick. Friday had to have been one of the worst shifts of work I've ever had. I'm talking my... Uh, I'm 26. My 12-year restaurant industry career... Not just Jersey Mike's restaurant industry... It had to have been top 10 worst all time. Lower on the list, but top 10. <laughs> it was so, Friday was so bad. I came home and just like stared at the TV like my brain was fried, bro. <laughs> it was so bad. Um, Why? And I don't even. I just, it's one of those things where I don't even want to get into it because it's just, it's not going to sound that bad to people that don't work in the industry. But like, it was just, I mean, it was awful. So it was like, I got there at seven. Mind you, the GM is normally there with me. And me and the GM there, we make like a, fu- a freaking, like, unbeatable duo. Like, we are just like lock sync with each other. Like, my strengths are his weaknesses. His his strengths are my weaknesses. Like, we just awesome together. Well, he wasn't there, so I'm missing my partner in crime already. <laughs> but we get through the, like, opening part, and it's fine. We're a little behind because of catering. Like, people just love to place the most obnoxious catering orders smack dab first thing in the morning to where it just interrupts my little open. It's so aggravating. Like, I don't, I, I don't know. But like Jersey Mike's just needs a better system for its catering. Like, it's so difficult to like be able to get the store where it needs to be if you're having to ma- main like manage super early in the morning catering orders. Like, it, but what whatever. It's a money maker. I'm not going to complain about the money. It's crucial for the business. Whatever. Um. So then, like ten to eleven. And 11 to 12 are like really slow. And we had a call out first thing in the morning. So I'm down the GM and then I'm down another employee. So a comfortable, like a comfortable, fully operational lunch for us is eight. I'm already working with six. And I'm like, oh boy, like maybe I'm going to get away with it. Maybe I'm going to get away with this. And like Mr. Whalen shows up. I love it when Whalen's in the store. We're having a good time. We're brainstorming. We're working. It's feeling like it's going to be a good day. Whalen's like, hey, you know, it's really slow. I'm going to go ahead and head out. And in my head, I'm like, I wish he hadn't said that. I wish he had not said that. He goes ahead and he, he heads out. 12 to 1, it like it starts to pick up, but it's not like busy, right? Well, 
the thing about our lunch is our lunch is typically from 11 to 1. Slam busy. Oh, my God. How are we going to get there? It's so busy. And then one dies off, and then two dies off, and then three and four are pretty slow, and then it picks back up five, six, seven. Um, I got destroyed from one to two. <laughs> I'm talking like one to two was busier than 12 to one and 11 to 12. WTF Midland, Texas, what are we doing having lunch at 145 on a Friday? <laughs> but here's the thing. These little asshole people – that work at this restaurant that don't seem to like it's one thing if you're like oh i have an appointment i need to be to friday at two he goes wait i can work friday but i have to be off by like 1 because i have to be at an appointment that's fine tell me why the wtf one of the managers is like he texts me he's like hey i'm probably gonna be a little late i'm having to drop my cat off at the vet i had an appointment for him appointment for him to get neutered Okay, he was like five minutes late, whatever. He texted me, he communicated with me. That's cool. I'm not worried about that. Um, then at 1.15, while we are getting destroyed, you know why this kid wants to come up to you and say, I got to leave to go pick up my cat because they're saying they're going to charge me if he's there past two. And me, being the person I am, said, well, I hope you're ready to pay more money. And this kid's just looking at me dumbfounded. And I'm like, you don't schedule a freaking vet appointment. To where you're going to have to leave work in the middle of work to go pick up your freaking cat when you have two days off a week and you could have scheduled this on your day off. You said you scheduled this three weeks in advance. You scheduled for a Friday. So you should have either asked for Friday lunch off and just worked the evening. should have asked for Friday off period. Or you should have arranged for your freaking wife who – mind, mind you, this is the wife we hate, Courtney, if you pick up what I'm talking about – who has working legs, working hands, a working brain, even if she is a C-U-N-T, and a truck she can drive in. So she could pick up the freaking cat. But no, no, no. Why don't you leave the restaurant in the middle of a busy lunch rush so you don't get charged more money because you were irresponsible with the way you scheduled this? F you. I'm already mad. Already irritated. I'm already – so now I'm down an extra person in the middle of a really, really busy lunch hour. Then, like, right as that lunch hour dies down, right as it's starting to feel normal again, one of my guys leaves because it's his time to leave. And I'm not going to, like, force him to stay late. So now we're down to four of us. Then one of the girls comes up to me and she's like, I have to leave right now because my friend just got into a car accident and the police are going to take his car unless I go pick it up. What the? What are you talking about? Like, he's drunk. I'm like, it's two in the afternoon. <laughs> Well, he's drunk, and I need to go grab his car. So, like, I light the F up. <laughs> said, some ve- said some very mean things to that woman. <laughs> um, and now I'm down to three people. And now I'm down to three people. With a store that looks like a tornado just ran through it. With dishes and bread and sweeping and countertops and things to clean and all the while still have a steady stream of customers coming in because it's not like they're just going to be like, oh, what's not good at Jersey Mike's? They're down four people. No, I'm not mad at them. They're just coming to like whatever. 
support the business. They're coming to get a sandwich. It's not their fault that my people are so freaking irresponsible. They can't just stay at work and do their jobs. They always want to plan their life in the middle of their work shifts instead of planning their lives around their work shifts, which is how it should be. I'm sorry. That's just the way the world works. All these people that want to be like, it's not that important. Life is more important than your job. Okay, good luck paying your bills. Go pay your bills off that mentality, please. Pay your bills off that mentality. Because, but then this GM wants, which I love him to death, wants to let them do this all the time. So then when I'm there without him, I have to face the repercussions of his poor management because now they think they can just go do whatever they want in the middle of their shifts and it's totally fine because he lets them. So it was an all day catch up affair and it was awful. It was a horrible, horrible, horrible shift. Well, the next day I have, the next day I get to go to Odessa. Me and Zariah, Blake and James, Nick and Josh. Going to be a really easy, smooth ship. A little eight to three action. Nothing crazy. Yeah, an hour into that, that got ruined because one of the worthless kids in the evening decides to call out. So now my eight to three is now an eight to close. My eight to three turned into an eight to nine. So 13 hours right there. Oh, but Courtney, corporate's coming on Sunday. So my 8 to 3 became 8 to 10.30 as I stayed ridiculously late to make sure all the stupid little details corporate looks for that don't matter are done. Then I get there at 6.30 in the morning on – or 6 in the morning on Sunday. No, 6.30. 6.30 in the morning on Sunday to make sure that everything is like set up because corporate wants to do a training session at 9 a.m. So we technically need to be ready to go an hour early. And I'm there till 4, which is not the worst shift, 6.30 to 4. Like, that's not awful. That's equivalent to the 7 to 10, so that's fine. Or 7 to 5, so that's fine. Corporate's aggravating, but, like, I like our corporate guys, so it's not awful. And Monday rolls around. And the reason corporate's in town is because he's here to, one, do an audit, and two, he's here to certify one of our guys. So he's here to, like, uh, make him, like, a corporate manager or corporate certified so I get there at 6.30 in the morning, and I leave when corporate's done. Seven at night. So I've now done seven to five, seven, seven to five hell shift, seven to five, seven to five hell shift, 8.30 to 10.30, 6.30 to 4, 6.30 to 7, and then Tuesday, I get to work a beautiful 9 to 9.45 because of the audit and then a the little meeting I had afterwards. And then, and then... And then, it's not like I had today off. No, I didn't. So then I got to work just a wonderful, lovely little 8 to 4 today. I am so beyond sandwiched out right now. I don't want to look at a sandwich. I don't want to look at a Jersey Mike's logo. I don't want to look at a Jersey Mike's soda fountain. I don't want to look at a Jersey Mike's slicer. But guess what? I'm going to work tomorrow to work a 7 to 5, baby. I love it so much. Sub-life. Well, you need That's to my week. some time off. <laughs> I lost my time off because of corporate. Wow. See, this is why people start like hurting their coworkers. That's why people go post. It's, it's once every six months. So it's like it's manageable. It's doable. It's like it's doable. <laughs> but it just could not come after like a worse sequence of events. <laughs> it's just like, oh my god. Oh. I, 
And I think the thing that annoys most is people that are like, well, that's why they pay you the big bucks. It's like, kill yourself right now. Jump off, jump off a cliff, kill yourself. Like, I don't care if they pay me good money. I don't care if I have a nice, fancy little title. It's still exhausting. It's still tiring. My buddy that works in the oil field and makes like $60,000 more a year than me, when he tells me, man, I worked a 7 to 7 day, I'm exhausted, I don't say, well, that's why you make a, six figures. I'm like, damn, dude, that sucks. I'm sorry. You're tired. Like, screw you. I'm so, <laughs> so irritated. <laughs> Goodness. Are irritated. What was that? <laughs> you are irritated. You need a nap. You know how I get off no sleep. <laughs> Goodness. It's a wonder you're not sick as well. I'm actually feeling good. Feeling all right. That's a plus. It's definitely a plus. Yeah. So that's my little sandwich week, man. Yeah. Yeah. No time for anything else. I played minimum video games and slept as much as humanly possible. <laughs> That's quite the week. It's all work, no play. That uh, makes for angry people. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely sounds like you are angry people. I wouldn't really say I'm angry. I'm just tired. I'm not even like mad at the job. Like, okay, Friday I was furious and wanted to like burn the world down. But like (laughs) the rest of the days, it was just like this doesn't like I just kept telling myself like this doesn't happen often. Just take your bad medicine. Like it's fine. You're like it it's almost never like this. Suck it up. Get over it. (laughs) You know, I have to keep telling myself that. Like it's it's fine. Like, I expect this every once in a while. It does come with the job title. It doesn't mean it makes it any less exhausting. You know, I'm not any less bitter about it. <laughs> but I'm just like, I'm not letting myself throw myself a pity party. I'm just like, this, this is part of a territory. Just get through it. It'll be over soon. Just get through it. So. Yeah. Well, I continue to think that you are too nice to your GMs. Because it, it sounds like they should bear more of the brunt of this this effort to <clears throat> keep the GMs happy. Um, it just sounds like you're 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 doing yourself an injustice. And when multiple people call out and multiple people need to leave, then it's time for the GM because that's his that's his team. It's time for the GM to come in and be like, okay, guy, this is your team and they're bailing. There's only so much I can do. Sorry to have to do it to you, but yeah, absolutely. Like I agree with you. Friday, I did it simply because Josue is is twenty and just bought his very first house. He, he got the keys on. Time. Hold on, he got the keys on Thursday. Friday was his actual move-in day, and I didn't want to take that away from him. Friday, he was literally moving refrigerators and ovens into his first house. It's a big deal. Not going to take that away from him. He did get a very vile talking to of if your people keep leaving mid-shift to take care of life stuff, I'm going to schedule them to make sure that it never affects the store again. And when they have no hours and quit, that's your problem. He had that. We had that conversation. But I sucked it up on Friday. Saturday... Poor little Zariah, like, 
because she has a bunch of irresponsible kids that work to store. This happens to her often. She works 7 a.m. to closes often. And she doesn't complain. She works it. She never asked me to do it. She never anything. And so I was like, you know what? I got you today, Z. I got it. Because she always has it. You know, there's nobody stepping up and doing it for her. So I was like, you know, let let me do it this time. I didn't realize it was going to be some bullshit the next three days afterwards when I stepped up to do that. <laughs> because normally when corporate comes, for example, like on Monday when I did the 630 to 7, it would have been he would have left by four like he didn't know that. I'm thinking the man's leaving at four. He decided to stay till seven. <laughs> so it was just a bad sequence of events. And you're right on Midland's part, like Josue about to get his ass. Oh, I was supposed to say his name. Who cares? Josue is about to start getting his ass called into work. But Zariah Saturday, like, I feel like it was my turn to take one for the team because she she does it pretty often. Like it probably happens to her like once every other week, and it it sucks. It's awful. So I wanted to just you know take one for the team. But I did not realize the consequences <laughs> that were going to come from that. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. The, the world of management, that's what it is. It's the world of management. Yeah. Dealing with other people, you just, you really never know what you're going to get. Yeah. What about your week? Um, in comparison, my week probably wasn't that bad. But I had a pretty interesting week at the academy. Um, oh boy, I am doing a lot of things that are not in my job description, and so I know that if my boss, my downtown boss, knew the things that I was doing, she'd be very upset. Um, but you know, in order for the in order for the school to operate, like there's some things that I just have to step up and do. You know, it's kind of it's kind of the same situation that you're in. If you want things to work if you want it to happen just got to step up and do it and you can't necessarily rely on everyone else um unfortunately like friday and there are things that i mean you know you're, you're talking about how adults can be irresponsible and volatile and you never know well we're dealing with kids and they're even more so like that's all they are that's their image so, last week, last Friday, I dealt with um, I dealt with a third grader who had for the like I think it was the third time in five days where we had to like go to her classroom because she was all out fighting with the teacher like. Mm arguing and yelling with the teacher mm. and for whatever reason these stupid teachers keep yelling back like wh- why are you fighting with the third grader wait wait like the college students are like fighting back with the kids but it's not college students like the teacher teacher oh i thought you said student teachers my bad oh no the actual teacher is having arguments, full-out arguments with kids where the third grader is just like, no, that's not right. I'm not doing that. They're, they're tired and burnt out. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, I get called into the room 
And my yeah. first thing is just like, first I have to get in control of the room because it's chaos. Like I walk into a room and every kid wants to tattle. Like everybody wants to give me their version of what's going on. And then like the teacher is just like, just exhausted, exasperated, just over on the side of the room, just like wanting to pack up her stuff and leave. And the kid that's being the worst is sitting there like, like, I don't understand why everybody's so angry, <laughs> which is even more frustrating. And so I'm just like, the first thing is, is getting control of the room. Hey, and I have to, I have to raise my voice and the, you know, I have to use, I, I always call it going to being director because I can be loud. I choose not to be loud, but I can be extremely loud. So I have to get in control of the room and let everyone know that I need you to sit down and I need you to be quiet and not say a word. I don't want to hear another word from another person in this room until mm. I call on you. Mm. And then they, they all straighten up and they're like, I'm just like, what is going on? Then I'm just like, why are you arguing with Miss Teacher? Miss Teacher. And she's like, well, Miss Teacher said that I was deaf. I said, okay. I said, did Miss Teacher ask you to do something? Yes. Did you do it? No. I said, mm, are you deaf? <laughs> okay. I said, did you not hear her when she asked you to do something? Well, I heard her. I said, so you just chose not to? Yes. I said, <laughs> so if I were in that situation and you blatantly didn't do what I asked you to do, I would ask if you had hearing problems as well. <laughs> I said, I don't fault her. I don't find any fault. And what she said. And then she, but, but she said I was deaf and that offended me. I said, little girl, are you deaf? Can you hear? Little girl. Yes, I had to go there. Like, look, because I was, I was extra frustrated by that point. Like, little girl, are you deaf? (laughs) Can you hear? And she said, I can hear. I'm not deaf. I said, then why are you letting that affect you so badly? I'm like, you know you're not deaf. So why are you all worked up about this? Mm-hmm. I said, she would have never said it if you would have done what you were supposed to be doing. So I don't want to hear about this anymore. She was just like, oh, I'll try back her fake tears. And what? meanwhile, another student. Not the over, fake tears. Fake tears. Let me tell you. <laughs> This girl needs to be in acting classes. She needs to be over at Bowie Fine Arts Academy. She <laughs> is an actress. Okay. Um, then another, her little friend over on the side. Well, but she did call her deaf. I said, I don't care what she called her. <laughs> I said, she is the teacher. And what we're not going to do is yell back and forth at this teacher, at this grown teacher. You are third graders. And I don't know what Y'all do at home. I don't know where you got in your mind that it is okay to yell back at teachers, but it's going to stop, and it's going to stop now. They're all just looking at me like, oh, 
and I'm going off and other teachers are walking by. Another teacher told me they had walked by and it was just like, and she was telling other people, she was just like, Radliff was laying into him. I've never seen him like that. <laughs> I, was just like, I was just like, you little kids made me mad. I, I, I went out the room. I went down the hall. And uh, then it had become like a passing period. They were changing classes. I'm just going off the whole time. I'm just like, that's why none of the third grade needs to come to the champs party. None of you are champs. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of your whole grade level. I'm still just going off. I'm telling the teachers, I say, you guys need to stop arguing with these kids. You're the adults. Don't argue with these kids. Give them an expectation and expect them to follow it, period. Yeah, it is a bad look when they're sitting there just arguing back and forth with literal children. I mean, I understand the frustrations, but you're arguing with a literal child. Okay, third grade. Third this grade. is why when I called you on Saturday, you <laughs> you shut down my question real quick. <laughs> okay, I had no more tolerance for anything for life. I'm just like, what? Oh, this is what you want to talk about? Oh, you want to put kids in school all year? <laughs> <laughs> you shut it down real quick. Real quick. <laughs> <laughs> and probably had Friday not been so Friday. You know, maybe I would have been more entertaining of that notion, but after Friday, it was just like, hell no, I don't want to see these kids all year. You said, how are you going to keep teachers want to teach all year long? All year long. It's not Um... happening. I'm I'm trying to get teachers to teach until May. (laughs) I'm having therapy sessions and counseling. Therapy. We're just, I mean, I'm doing it's everything we can just to keep people to stay. And it's not because of the extra things that administration does, which is stupid, like the, the hoops and everything to rigor and, and make sure that you lap and, and do all these things and, and uh, aggressively monitor and, you know, pick a, a, an exemplary student and have your exit ticket and, and it's song, it do this song, do this dance. And it's just, it's a lot. But that's not what's keeping everybody mad. It's these kids that are just out <laughs> of control. And it's, I just don't understand why parents allow this to happen. And, you know, I've seen parents, like I see them in the drop-off line. And they're having full-scale arguments with these kids. So I know the day is about to be ter- terrible. <laughs> I'm like, you got out the car crook. <laughs> like, I, crook, just, I haven't heard that in a while. Know, right? Uh, <laughs> I should just close the door and, and sit you on your way because it's going to be a you're not ready. You're not ready for public education today. <laughs> go on home. Take this, take this A. Take this A for absent. Take the A. <laughs> We will see your $10 later or <laughs> whatever we get per student today. It's not worth it. It's just not worth it today. We'll try it again tomorrow. But we have a lot of that going on. Um, so that was Friday. It, well, no, that was the third grader on Friday. Also find out, so late in the afternoon on that Thursday, um, a fourth grader in the fourth grade girls' bathroom ha- 
wrote and drew a very disturbing picture. <laughs> what was the picture? And directed it. It was directed to two other students. So oh, shit. Okay. It was a. It was a. I mean, I. I don't want to. I can't go into too much detail about this picture. But this is. It was a criminal type of picture. Like was it like like murder? Yeah. Yes. Oh, not what I was yes. thinking. I was thinking like perverted little fourth graders, like no, you know. No. No. This, oh yikes. And so uh, the day started off with an angry mom calling um, and calling and messaging me. Or she messaged first. And then she started calling the office and everything. And she was just like, you know, what is it going to take for you guys to take bullying seriously? Um, I thought MISD had a zero tolerance, bullying tolerance uh, policy. Um my daughter comes home crying every day. It's just awful, and it's been awful, and no one seems to be doing anything about it. And so, you know, I was unaware that the situation was that severe. I was aware of a bullying situation, and it had been handled. Uh, so I thought. So I was led to believe it was it was handled. And so, you know, this information completely caught me off guard. And at that point, I didn't know about the rest. Um, the girls who it was about tried to tell me after school that there was something on the restroom, but they didn't use their words very well. And they didn't tell me it was about them. And uh, they certainly didn't go into detail about what it was. So it wasn't until the next day. And, you know, I'm in the office dealing with the third graders. Because she ultimately, like, we had to, she had to go. She just had to go. It was too many times, <clears throat> too many instances of the disrespect and, uh, and just blatantly lying. That's the other thing about these kids is, is they will just blatantly lie and, and think, and think that, that they're smarter than adults. Like, baby, you in third grade. <laughs> you said her ass a juvie? Well, I mean, that's the direction she's headed, but no. Um, because it well, this particular the third grader didn't do anything criminal. Uh so after you know, I was already in the office about that, and then we started talking about fourth grade. And, you know, I was talking about the bullying, and it was a situation where uh our AP, which God bless her. Um, I am so glad that she she stayed. I'm so glad that we worked that all out. Um, she is probably the hardest working person on the campus. Um, I have so much respect for uh, our AP Irene Coggins. I will call her by name because she deserves that. She is for this to be her very first year as an assistant principal. Um, the amount of work that she's having to do, um, kind of the near lack of support because she's had to just figure things out and, uh, because everyone else has their role and everyone is so involved in their role that no one has time to, to stop and help her learn her role. And she doesn't really have a lot of training because 
That's just not what MISD does. And so um, she has just had to figure things out. And I'm so, I'm so glad that she is a patient person, that she is thoughtful in everything she does, and she's not afraid to ask for help. Um, I think that when you're a leader, those are, the, those are three things that you just, you have to be. You have to be patient. You have to be willing to ask for help. You have to be thoughtful. And uh, she definitely does all those three things. So anyway, we're talking about the third grader, and then she's just like, did you see the picture from fourth grade? And I had not seen the pictures, and, and um, one, of the one of the teachers had taken pictures and sent it to her, so she had it in her email. She opened up, and she saw me, and it was just like, oh, my God, we've got to do something now. And I was just like, now this makes sense why mom felt was feeling the way she did. And uh, so then we went to work on that situation. Well, it ended up with the counselor and I calling all of fourth grade together into a meeting. We went and pulled him out of class and took him to the library and had to come to Jesus meeting about uh, – what happened in the restroom, although we didn't give great details. And all, of course, all the boys are just like, what in the world? What in the world was drawn in the restroom? You know, they didn't see it because it's in a girl's restroom. They're, so they're all wide-eyed. And so we talk about, you know, we talk about that. And, and uh, the counselor just lays on the biggest guilt trip. Like, like, whoever did this, you really are not a good person. You made someone else feel, you made two other people feel very unsafe and very unloved. And this is just not what we do. So after he went on, and he went on for a good 25 minutes, like he, he laid into. Him. And then um, I finally spoke and gave them that whole, you know, I'm really disappointed. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, this is not how, this is not the expectation from these tigers. I always tell them, you know, we come from all different backgrounds and, and all racial makeup. I said, but the one thing that we have in common is we're all tigers. Every single one of us are tigers. That makes all of us a family. And we have to love each other as family. We have to protect each other as family. And, you know, and, and so I'm going off on that whole spill, and, you know, just reiterating. And we're, and we're both like, whoever did this, you need to come forward and let us know because we're going to find out. So whoever did this, we need to know. And before we even got to this point in the office, um, with the, along with the pictures, the teacher who took the pictures and sent them also told us who the primary suspect was and gave us all kind of background about why this person would be the one, <clears throat> including writing samples. Uh, we had this the suspect's journal, and were able to handwriting. You know, like it was like forensics. We're we're all looking at at the handwriting and the shape of certain letters. I mean, it was just so identical. And then to find out that there was motive, you know, that something had happened earlier in the week that would have made you know this a retaliatory action. And so we had it. We had just about all the information, but nothing concrete. Our cameras 
are so fuzzy and grainy that we can't hardly make someone's face out. We can't like recognize them in the video. And then not all the cameras in our hallway work. So the one that's kind of facing in that general direction doesn't give us enough information to really go by. So we can't make a clear ID. And unfortunately, our suspect did not feel compelled to confess. And then all of the all of their suspect's friends didn't give the suspect up. So here we are with all this information and no, no, we can't make a charge. We can't, we can't punish anyone because we don't have a confession. That's what we wanted. That's what we were looking for. So um, anyway, after we, we do that and now it's almost the end of the day and I still haven't done the things that I needed to do. Like I had to give out tiger roars and all the positive things for uh, do a report and all this kind of other stuff. So I'm scrambling to try and get all that done. Um, but then we decided, hey, we need to get ahead of this instead of behind it. Um, we need to send out a message to the, all the parents, let them know about the situation and that we went, that we pulled all the kids together and talked to. Them. Because surely one of the kids is going to go home and, and, give the, a whole different version of the story of what happened and, you know, paint us out to be the bad guys. And then of course, parents always want to believe their kids. And so, you know, they would have been calling angry, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I wrote a letter to those fourth grade parents and posted it and everything. And uh, I'm really glad I did. The responses were, were strong. And I told them, you know, use this three day weekend to have a conversation with your child about bullying and, you know, not making fun of people for things that they can't, they can't prevent. You know, they, no one can prevent their, their skin tone. They can't prevent uh, their, the way that their hair grows. They can't prevent, you know, they can't stop these type of things. So let's not pick fun and remember that we're all a family, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> So I was hoping that, you know, that would result in Tuesday when we saw the kids again, because Monday was a holiday, um, which I had to work on Monday. <laughs> he sounds so bad. Right. By the which way, I had to work. Which I had to work. So, yay, students had a day off, but teachers and staff, we did not. Uh, we were there at the office, uh, which it was better with no kids thing you could get work <laughs> but the work that I had to do involved kids so I had to give awards and do all that kind of stuff so um, just another day that I was still at the school way too long anyway uh, so we got ahead of it and nothing resulted in it like absolutely nothing resulted in it I still see this kid the primary suspect is all bebopping in the school, happy, happy, joy, joy. And I'm just like, how can you be so evil? Like, I just don't get how kids can be so cruel. And, and, like, feels like, like they got away with it. Mm. And that's what angers me the most, is that they're totally getting away with what they did. There's no punishment. There's no consequence. 
And uh, that's not fair to the kids who were named. Like their name was written under this picture or above this picture. And and with the, you know, telling them that, that they're going to die and they're next. And there's just nothing we can do about it. And uh, part of that just makes, it makes me sad that, you know, that it happened and, and sad for those kids. It was done in permanent marker. So we're going to have to replace a whole door. I don't know why they don't just paint over it or whatever. But because Sodian said we have to paint, we have to replace the door. So the door has been locked. And uh, not using that restroom as a result, that particular stall anyway, until everything can get, get changed and everything. <sighs> Let's see. Sounds like a frustrating week. It was very frustrating. It was very frustrating. Then, and then uh, Tuesday had a kid who didn't want to take off their hoodie uh, because he felt like he got a bad haircut. This was the second time. This had happened before, and uh, just defiant, being really rude to teachers and the and the assistant principal about this hoodie. He wasn't rude to me. I don't know what it is. Well, yeah, I do. Being a giant, gigantic black man makes kids not be rude. <laughs> and it makes parents not be rude, too. Surprise, surprise. Everyone's always talking about, oh, I talked to, to this parent, and they were so awful. Oh, good luck with that. Good luck with that. And I talked to these parents, and I don't. I have not had a parent be super, be like really rude to me. Not ever. And the only times that they have, that somebody has, you know, I've gotten them together and they come back and apologize. But they, they don't treat me that way. And I don't even have to go off on them. I'm looking forward to the day where I can go. <laughs> give, please give me a reason. <laughs> give me a reason. Like, they try me outside in that parking lot. But that's about it. And I... I myself mad on Friday because I actually tried to clean that. And everyone did well. Like they saw me standing there and they just they you could see them roll their eyes as they drove to where they needed to be. <laughs> the people who tried to stop, I just shake my head and, and move my finger and tell them keep on going. They did. <laughs> they fought me. I didn't have a single confrontation about parking, about a drop off. Friday morning, so that was a that was a victory. That was a plus. Everything else, including Tuesdays, voided the hoodie, and so the the AP was she was just like, "We're not even going to fight this today. You're just going to go home." And of course, we're testing. We're taking our week twenty seven assessment test, which whatever the f that means. Um, why week twenty seven is so important. It's not even week 27. Random ass day. Random ass week. Random ass testing. And so we're, we're in the middle of testing. All we do is test and assess. I think I said last week where we're at the school board meeting. Um, the school board was just like, the feedback that we get from our constituents is they are done with all these tests. Why are we constantly in assessment mode? But 
the district feels like they have to constantly assess because it's the only thing that they have to do up there. They're not going to the classrooms and, and actually going and looking and seeing what's going on. They're just waiting on results of tests and making decisions about kids' futures based on the results of tests, which is just a terrible way to do anything. You have to make a personal connection. You have to make some sort of connection to these kids to figure out what's going on, what's going right, what's going wrong. And just taking tests and looking at the results of tests all the time is not going to do it. Because we have some really, really not smart kids that are doing really well on these tests. And we have some really smart kids who are not doing so well on these tests. So what is it really telling us, except that anxiety plays a major role in the whole testing situation? And are we actually getting good information? Are we getting good data? <sighs> testing, that's a whole other story. Anyway, so, uh, so that happened. Today was another trying day. Um, I, just, I just don't get to do parts of my job because everything else is going on and it's just a constant battle. Uh, today's issue was a fifth grader came to school with this elaborate story that basically involved, she started telling people, she started telling her peers that her sister and her sister's boyfriend had gotten into this huge fight and it ended up with sister's boyfriend telling her, telling this fifth grader that he was going to come to her school and shoot her and her little sister. Oh, geez. And so, you know, you make that kind of threat at a school, at a public school. Oh, you, you know, we're, right. we're in those days. You got to take that seriously. <laughs> and so we did. <laughs> Launched an investigation, got to the bottom of it, you know, calling people. I'm calling the kid's family to find out what was actually said. We had the, had the MISD police there. Um, two officers showed up. One of them was kind of a hottie. I don't know who he was. I never <laughs> He could come back. He could definitely come back. I felt oh, like word. we need to break a law just so he could come back. He was not ugly. Um, anyway, uh, so they came out, had some questioning and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, then, you know, again, this is why our AP is so thorough. She takes incredible notes. She talks to everyone involved. So she talked to the people who, who this student had, had told this information. And one of the students that she told is like the mouth of the South. And so she told her, and who knows who knows who else knew at that point, because this girl talks. The only thing, the only saving grace was that it was a testing day. So they were isolated in just one room. But had they been able to freely roam around campus as they normally do, I would have been out of control. So Where's this the principal and all these things. All here is the U and the AP. Where's the actual principal and all this? He today he was in training. Friday he was at a funeral. Like every time gotcha. something bad happens, he's not on campus. 
Yep. It's like the stores when the GMs are gone. Right? You know, it's, <laughs> it's not there. And it's always for legitimate reasons. We kind of joked about it today because, you know, in this situation, we had to call him and get his opinion on what, you know, what do we do? Um, so he was downtown for a meeting, and so he was able to tell him downtown and get some advice right away. And so as a result, MISD, after we figured out that this was not a credible threat and what was really going on is that this girl overheard bits and pieces of conversations uh, from her, her big sister and everybody, the adults who were talking. She overheard bits and pieces and then embellished and created a whole scenario. Jeez. And uh, in the meantime, freaked everybody out because the, the kids that she did tell the story to, they were, they were shaken. Uh, they're, they're under the impression that at some point in the day, somebody's going to come and shoot up the school. Oh, they thought they were getting shot. Yeah. And so, Thanks. yeah, right. So we have to put them at ease. And then the decision was made. MISD went ahead and sent out an email to all of our parents and uh, told them, you know, kind of the basics. Hey, there was a, there was a threat made at, <clears throat> at Peace Academy today, uh, we found it after a thorough investigation by administration and by MISD police. It was found to be uh, extremely non-credible. There is no threat. Uh, there is no cause for concern. Uh, we, we just want to make sure that you were aware of it, and and you know that's that's that. Well, we have a lot of teachers who are also parents students at our school and so we had kept I mean we kept this whole thing in the office it was extremely contained and so the teachers start they the teachers who are also parents um, got the email and they started coming into the office like what in the hell is going on uh, why didn't we as a staff not know that something was going on that there was a potential threat we were just like, because it was potential and it was an ongoing investigation. <laughs> Keyword is potential. Yeah. And, and we found it to not be credible. So there was no need to continue you know, to alarm everybody about something that didn't need that type of attention. And so eventually, you know, the principal from wherever he was sent an email to the whole staff. That was very short and to the point. It's just like, there was a threat. It wasn't real. Send an email. Everything's fine. Go to work. So by the time this was all done, basically another day is wasted of what I was supposed to be doing. These stupid little tiger roars, which I love. It's my favorite part of my job. I get to, you know, talk positively about the kids and call their parents and tell them all wonderful things about their kids and listen to them, you know, have a positive reaction and uh, tell them, tell their kids how proud they are. And it's always just so powerful um, for the kids to hear them, for, to hear out of their parents' mouth that they're proud of. Um, some of the kids, you know, cry with joy hearing that. Now, I know that that was always something that I longed for, that you know, I, everything I did was just to hear, I'm proud of you. And those things never really came. And so 
you know, I get to live through those kids and live, you know, hear the parents tell them those things. It just makes me all weepy and, and all, oh. I'm just all cool. Uh, by the end of, you know, a session where I'm, I'm making all these phone calls and I tell the parents, I said, this is the absolute favorite part of my job is getting to, to, to deliver this good news to you. I would say, you know, when a school calls, it's usually something bad. Uh, something bad's happened or somebody is sick. But when your kids do good things, you deserve to know about that too. And that's the reason for my call. And so uh, it, it has allowed me to set up a lot of personal relationships uh, with the parents and just, you know, um, it's gotten to the point to where people know when, when I call, it's usually a good thing. Um, but, you know, there are times when I have to call about not good things, when I'm trying to track down students because they've been missing, um, missing from school or whatever the situation may be. So uh, I guess I'm just frustrated. I, I'm, I'm like you, kind of in a, but in a different, not simply because I have been work, overworked and overworking myself, but frustrated and, and I, want, I want the kids to behave. I want them to not make stupid decisions. My God. And we've got to do better as a society about getting mental help for kids. I guess yeah. this is ultimately what is on my mind because what I'm noticing and what I'm seeing is in most of these situations, there is a severe um, mental health issue that is the root cause of why these things are happening. Um, why would a child draw and write that they would, they want to kill other kids? Why would a child make up a story about someone shooting up their school? You know, it's hard to understand these things, but then when you look at the child, you look at their circumstance, you look at everything around them, you know, it starts to make a little bit more sense, but then it's, it becomes very clear that this child needs to be talking to someone. Um, I don't think that our counselors, you know, and counselors in general are adequately trained to deal with this, these type of things. Um, it is just a very different world in the 80s and 90s. And the role of the counselors are just so different. But then our counselors don't get to counsel anymore because they've become the, the attendance people. They've become the, the test givers and the test administrators. And they're worried about everything except for the mental health of the students. And they're the one person on the campus whose job is to worry about the mental health of the students. And they don't get those opportunities. So uh, there's, there's just a lot of frustration, I guess, that I'm feeling around the whole thing. And, you know, for me, ultimately, I want to be able to do my job. I want to be able to execute the expectations that have been given me because, you know, I'm still in the middle of trying to plan a Black history program that is next week. Um, I'm still in the middle of, of trying to, you know, be concerned about attendance. You know, there are constant meetings that are coming up. 
as we get towards the end of the year and, and into next year, uh, setting up all the new hoops and, and things that we have to jump through to be able to keep our jobs as liaisons. Um, we had, Friday is going to be kind of a disaster in that there's so many things happening. We're taking our sixth graders on a field trip to their respective seventh grade campuses, which means that there are six teachers that have to split up and go to the four school. So I'm going to have 15 kids on my own at Alamo. And then two teachers are going to Goddard, two are going to Abel, and uh, one to SJ. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's happening on Friday, but also Friday are our fourth six weeks award ceremonies, which I don't know who's going to do that because usually I emcee those award ceremonies. Uh, there's no way for me to be in two places at once. Um, we have a weather person from CBS 7 coming to do a presentation with the kindergartners. Is it the hottie? He's the news anchor from Big Two. Oh, okay. You should not even go back and like watch it and with sound. <laughs> you told like me what this. I needed to know. Oh my God, you make me so sick. Um, <laughs> uh, so that's happening, and then like almost immediately after, for second grade that day is uh, the. Um, a storyteller. There's a, a big uh, American Storytellers convention that is happening, and one of the featured artists um, basically put out there if, if you want me to come to your school, let me know a time and all that. And so we managed to get on the schedule, and they're going to come and do a presentation for our second graders during the day. So all of this is happening all on the same day. And so we're going to have to really be a super team to pull this off. And, you know, for me, it, it, it is a lot of things that I have to be hands off and just hope that it works out because I can't personally guide it. And which is scary for me. I'm, I'm too much of a micromanager when it comes to events. I want to touch it, feel it. I want to know that it's working. And I have to re- I'm just going to have to rely on other people to do what they're supposed to do, make it work. And that, gonna, that's never failed me. One tiny minuscule thing is going to go wrong, and you're going to be like, you want something done right, do it yourself. I. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. I'm going to try not to be that guy. I'm just going to try to be like, well, okay. We'll work through this. Um, I Blockbuster was such a formative time in my life. It was my it was my my mid to late twenties years and early thirties years. I worked at Blockbuster in a mid management type of position, and so uh, I learned so much and I developed as a person. And so one of the things that that my managers would always tell us is that we're not dealing with livers and kidneys. No one is going to die because something didn't happen. Yep. It's like you're, you're going to have to work harder to correct it, but nobody's going to die. And so it's okay to make a mistake. It's okay for mistakes to happen. 
You just have to recover. And those are the things that I have to remember. And I, I oftentimes remind the staff that whenever I get a chance, you know, they get so upset about something not going the right way. I just have to remind them this is not livers and kidneys. We're going to be okay. Nobody died. That was my worst case scenario. So we're going to be okay. Let's just go back and, and try and make it better. That seems to get everybody, you know, back on course, but whatever. Um, but yeah, that's, that was my, my, my week recap. And also what's on my mind is just, man, we got to do better for these kids. And these kids got to do better. And parents have to do better for their kids. Parents have to rec- realize that their kids are not angels. And their kids are going to act differently in front of other people than they do in front of you. That's just the way it works. And you can't expect anything different. Like the worst the thing I hate hearing more than anything is, well, they don't act like that at home. I don't know. I, I don't believe you because they don't do that at home. I don't believe you. Well, girl, they're not at home. Okay? This is not the house. <laughs> you are not standing right here. So what we're telling you, because we have no reason to lie to you about your child. Like there is zero. I wish this parents don't hear anything else hear this we have no reason to lie to you about your badass kids <laughs> done okay nobody says you know what I got a free 20 minutes <laughs> let me call little Sally's mom piss her off today right nobody says that nobody does it's it's uh poo. Little Sally is acting bad. That means we gotta call mom. Mom's gonna act a fool. Because mom doesn't ever want to believe us and believe the truth. She wants to believe that little Sally is the most perfect child ever created. <laughs> and little Sally is bad. Y'all Sally <laughs> bad. Sally is a terror. A terror. An absolute terror. Oh my god. But um that's all I got, man. I'm 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 ranted over. This was therapeutic. I appreciate you listening to my TED talk. For sure, for sure. <laughs> so well, it's one of these days, you know, maybe you will procreate. Oh god, no. And I feel like you would be one of those parents where, where you know, little little DJ, Damian Jr. can do no wrong. No, first off, no. If my teacher called says my kid's doing this, this, and that, my kid's getting the ass beat. And then they come in this class the next day with a shiny red apple or whatever, and they are apologizing to that teacher, and they are going to be the best little angel for that teacher for the rest of the school year, or they're going to hate their life when they come home. I don't play that. Absolutely not. See, I'm not opposed to that. I'm not supposed to be okay with that because, you know, <laughs> new new age, everything, don't beat the child. I just <laughs> discipline in different ways. But, you know. No. I, I, I'm not going to encourage it, but I'm not, gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna discourage it. 
I can I can promise you, if I ever had a child, I would be the I would be calling the teacher like, and what do you think I should do? How 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 should I punish this? We're talking like grounding him for a month and an ass whooping. Does he just need an ass whooping? <laughs> so you can't. And, but the thing is, is teachers can't answer that question honestly. We can't ever condone an ass whooping. Although all we do, let me tell you, all teachers do is walk around talking about how much did this kid need to say ass whoop? <laughs> <laughs> they just like, just five minutes would change this child's life forever. Yeah. But that's education in a nutshell. Yeah. So. Well, if we're traveling to the world of millennials, yes, I got to be really, really real with you. I don't have much of anything you heard about my week. I've just been trying to live. Now, <laughs> I did sort of kind of want to talk about this, and then I was like, no one gives a shit. So, Courtney, I'm going to tell you what I sort of kind of want to talk about, and then you can either say, sure, why not, or we can just end the show. You, okay. You're the decider here. Do you want to talk about Donald Trump's short list for vice president? <laughs> then you I would much rather talk. I would rather talk about his four hundred dollar ugly ass shoes. Talk yeah. about his short lived. <laughs> what are talk. those? <laughs> what are those? <laughs> I know. Oh man. Um, I mean, like you want to talk about inflation and things cost way too much, like four hundred dollars. With the Trump shoes that Versace <laughs> is already talking about like suing him for because they're red bottom. They're like, yeah. oh no, honey, we own the label. We own the patent on that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the VP shortlist is pretty boring. Um it's, and it's really to- short. And it's I mean it's super short. Yeah, it's six names. Um it's interesting to me because I think both men are liable to kill over an office. And so yeah. I know me and a lot of people are voting based on who we want to be the successor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I feel like it's more of a conversation when he actually picks a VP rather than who could it be? You know, right. Um, but I, I, yeah, that's, I don't have them. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I just don't I'm... have a moment to millennialize right now. <laughs> right. You had that moment, but I get you. I feel you. I feel you. That's that's the way life is. Life and right now, life that's is life, bro. <laughs> life is life. But you know that's the way it happens sometimes. So we'll just skip over the moment and we can go ahead and wrap it up because it's not like we don't have another podcast. What the hell do you want to talk about on that one? <laughs> yeah, right, right, exactly. Like, I, don't even, I don't know if I can even wing it. So. Hey, you know, our, our rule with this one was it doesn't always have to be a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. The but only I, thing I, I had to talk about is the NBA All-Star Game. That's the yeah, only that's thing it. even was, remotely on my radar. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, like, that's the only thing that happened in sports. There are things that, in there that I would want to talk about. I guess we can talk a little NBA All-Star game. If uh, those interested in sports, um, listen to Wait Sports. Uh, That will also be releasing around the same time. 
that this episode releases. So if you enjoyed this, our meandering through life, uh, as we always do, uh, listen to us meander through sports. And uh, it, it's a much shorter conversation, I promise. So, anything else for the good people? No, sir. Right on. Well, good Canadians, I realized last year, last week I did not thank you. I actually li- listened back to the episode. And I was just like, I didn't say anything to my favorite people, the good Canadians. And uh, I, I always, you know, I got I to think because you were like our first steady listeners, Canada. So we'll always show love to Canada. Um, You're right. Loyal, good, loyal Canadians. They're you good. exist. You exist. Um, and to all of you other weight waters out there, thank you for listening to this week's episode. Um, make sure that you leave some feedback. Uh, I'll actually post something about this week's episode. Unlike last week, it was there. It happened. Uh, hopefully you listen to it because you guys are already subscribing. And so you're getting the notifications when these episodes happen. So you don't need me to tell you that, hey, another episode dropped. You already know uh, because you've liked, you've subscribed, and you're sharing the show with your friends, most importantly. Um, so we appreciate you doing all those things. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at waitwhatpod22 uh, for more show goodies. I feel ridiculous even saying that because, you know, um, our, our show intern has gotten a little better. Like, the show intern... The show got, intern uh, has kept up. Yeah, show intern got like a little spurt of juice and released and like did 20 posts, caught up. So that was exciting to see. I like how clever our intern is. Yeah, always. Yeah. Intern is very clever. Our intern always has I, a funny little quip. Yes, I appreciate our intern. <laughs> but uh, anyway. Uh, I appreciate the intern just like I appreciate every single one of our listeners. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to talking to you next time. Until then, later.